This is the TJ Show. Wow, camera guy Josh, I'm so proud of this guy. So your wife has a new show that she loves. Yep. Gilmore Girls. She loves the Gilmore Girls. I know that Gilmore Girls was around a lot of years ago, right? It's been around for a minute, yeah. But I've heard that show name come up so many times, and for some reason in my head, I was always hearing Golden Girls. (laughs) No! When Josh told me that, I I Google, I'm like, she's interested in this show? Like, what's up with Betty White? I don't understand. First of all, Golden Girls is great also. Yeah, and I look at it, and you're going, no, 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 it's the Gilmore Girls. And I go, wow, you're right. For some reason, I was thinking the Golden Girls Mm -hmm. was the Gilmore Girls. But the bottom no. line is your wife was trying to get you to watch this show with her. And you went against everything on your insides that said, don't watch this show. It's right. not for you. Yep. And now you found that you have a little bit of a different feeling towards it than you expected. I think I like the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I really Josh. look forward to watching episodes with her. And so when I heard this, I said, oh, you better admit that to your wife, mm-hmm. Ann. She needs to know how you feel, and she's going to love it. Good Don't you agree, Jay? Yeah, I agree. We need so, to know. Josh did it. I'm so proud of you, Josh. Thank you. You sprung an interview on Ann last night. This is your wife, and she had no idea what was coming here. Hi, babe. Hi. All right. Elephant in the room. I think you're addicted. Addicted to what? Gilmore Girls. Um. Is that your dog in the background? Yeah, do you hear his breathing? <laughs> yes. Like, he breathes like a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, our dogs, they're just filled with so much anxiety when no one's paying attention oh, to them. It's, uh, oh, it's unbelievable. He's probably, like, six inches from me. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? What are you guys talking about? Unbelievable. Look at me. <laughs> yep. Addicted to what? Gilmore Girls. Um. Yeah, I mean, I like that it's a relatively clean show, It still has a lot of, like, I like romantic-type comedy. And you've roped me into it as well. You make me watch episodes every once in a while. Oh, here it comes. Yes. I like seeing your reaction to certain parts. (laughs) See, sounds so sad. Thinks she knows where this is going. Uh But it's not like you hate it while you're watching it. Admit it. Well, I do have a confession. Uh Uh-oh. What? I love Gilmore Girls. (laughs) What? Yep. What are you talking about? I think it is so cool. She almost doesn't believe right, it. No, like, she didn't. Are you punking me? She did not believe me. You're, are you lying? No, I'm not. I'm serious. Why do you think it's cool? I don't know. It's just a good show. You really enjoy it? Yeah, we're watching Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah. This better not be a lie. No, I'm for sure. I'm, I'm serious. Oh, you can barely get your words out. You like Gilmore Girls so much. <laughs> I know, I'm a little tongue-tied. I'm so infatuated. Oh, it's like Christmas morning. Listen to her. In nine months, Josh will be announcing the birth of his new baby. <laughs> <laughs> Named Gilmore. Right. <laughs> Yay. Who's your favorite character? Ah. Definitely not Rory. Oh. Yeah, you really have not. Luke. Luke is my favorite. Yeah, that's about right. That's exactly who you would pick. (laughs) And you're hearing it there. A wife who is just sad that the conversation was coming up. She thought something terrible was about to be sprung on her. And total glee by the end. happy. Yay. Can we all say yay for Anne? Yay! Yay! You did it. You convinced him to watch a dumb show. And he loves it. Wait, I'm sorry. I don't mean any offense. It's a good show. I've never seen it. I'm the guy who mixed it up. I've never seen it, but I hear good things. Yeah, I mixed it up with the Golden Girls. I'm just being rude. But you convinced your husband to watch (laughs) a show he didn't want to watch. And look, now he loves it. A point for the wives. We've got to listen to our wives more. (laughs) This is the TJ Show. Good job, Josh. Thank you. 
Now I know what I'm about to do. You might think it's playing with fire. You're probably right. Mm-hmm. But it's been a, a fascinating ongoing experiment here. We've been asking ChatGPT, the artificial intelligence software, the OpenAI, right. a bunch of questions, some pretty deep ones, about being human. And the answers shockingly surprise me on a regular basis. I go, yeah, well, how do you disagree with that? And I don't want the computer to have great answers. And yet you go, wow, well, that, that makes sense. And so something happened to me today on the way to work. I had this very strong aroma enter my car. It was that of a skunk. And my, oh my, do I love the smell of a skunk. And I know it's so weird. Most people don't feel that way. I remember driving in a car as a kid. It's a very vivid memory. My parents would be driving around, and that smell would enter the car, and they'd recoil in horror. Ah, what is this? That's disgusting. I don't even know why they're mad. It's like, well, we're in this world. (laughs) Skunks live here. What do you want to do? If you don't like it, kill it. My dad one time had a skunk under his car, and it like attacked him, and he kicked it, and then he got sprayed. Oh. So we have a long history in skunks, and yet I always was in the back seat like, wow, I really love that smell, and I don't know why. So when it happened today, I finally said, okay. I'm going to find out the reason. I'm going to ask ChatGPT, why do I like the smell of skunks? And it had an answer for me, Jabo. I'm ready to hear it. Hello. The enjoyment of certain smells can vary from person to person, and it's influenced by individual preferences and experiences. While skunk odor is often associated with a strong and unpleasant smell, some people might find it interesting or even appealing due to the unique combination of chemicals in the scent. Additionally, huh. personal associations and experiences play a role in how we perceive smells. Oh, yeah, but my experiences has always been, this is bad. I've never met someone else who likes the smell. Mm. I like the smell. You do? But I associate it with something that smells similar to it that I enjoy very much. Oh, was that? Uh, <laughs> marijuana? I need you to read between the lines. Oh, sir. I got you. Okay. Yeah. If you have positive memories or associations related to skunk odor, it could contribute to your enjoyment of the smell. Did you know it could Con- contribute? <laughs> contribute. <laughs> Overall, the perception of sense is subjective and can be influenced by various factors. That's pretty interesting, right? How do you disagree with that? I don't know, TJ. When you shared with me that you really enjoy skunk smell, I told you it was probably tied into a really nice memory. I think that's the answer. Yeah, I just don't know what that is. I have to dig a little bit deeper. Maybe AI remembers what that was for me. (laughs) I don't know if it's programmed yet. Hold on, let me type a question in about Kenny's question. Does it have anything to do with marijuana being similar to skunk smell? Okay, hold on, let's see what it says. The smell of skunk spray is often described as pungent and musky, and some people might perceive similarities between the scent of skunk and certain strains of marijuana. Oh, there you go. Mm. Both skunk spray and marijuana contain compounds known as thiols, which contribute to their distinctive odors. Oh, so you like the thiols. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you find the smell of skunk enjoyable and it reminds you of marijuana, it could be a subjective association based on the shared presence of certain aromatic compounds in both scents. Huh. Did you laugh when your dad got sprayed by the skunk? No, it, that was before I was born. It's a legend. Oh, okay. It's a story. legend. Story. Yeah, yeah. He had to take a bath in tomato juice. <laughs> We're trying to solve his problem. <laughs> Why do you like this? Imagine my mom and dad shopping for tomato juice because my dad got sprayed by a skunk. <laughs> Maybe that's where all their fighting started. I think I had an accident. I was inspired by our camera guy, Josh, because he's such a health nut. Josh, okay. you convinced me to drink green tea. Yeah, so many benefits. 
I, so I drink coffee in the morning and I love coffee. I'm so passionate about it. But because of this green tea, now I have like this 40 ounce Stanley tumbler filled with green tea. <laughs> and I can tell right now I am overloaded on caffeine. Like it is running through my body like electricity. Here's the thing, TJ. Have you seen my energy today? Yes. For as long as I've known TJ, once he picks up on something, it is full speed ahead. Yeah. It isn't like a gradual, let me get into the pool slowly. It's like deep end, ice cold water. That's TJ. Like you should have did a little bit at a time. I should have, but I did four tea bags into... <laughs> no, four? <laughs> was, I did four. Yeah, so I, I quadrupled the oh uh, normal amount. Anyway, I know whenever there's a problem like this with my health, I have to get my mom on the phone because she always gets nervous. Oh, that's great. Did you get my mom on the phone, Heather? Yep. Hey, mom, you there? Hi, TJ. Hey, I overdid uh, caffeine today. I unexpectedly drank so much of it that now I can feel my body like firing off electricity. Do you know of any detox for this? And is anything bad going to happen to me? TJ, what do you overdo? First of all, didn't you read about caffeine drinks that, that people are dying from the amount of caffeine? Yeah. You, you really need to be careful, and you especially. Yeah. He, you know, he's always to the extreme whenever mm-hmm. he has to you, do that something. That is true. You can't help but love yeah. it, though. Yeah. Well, I, I know somebody else like that. <laughs> Who? Your daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Whoa. You guys are talking about my daddy now? I'm sure he's a good man, though. I need you to take that 42-ounce Stanley tumbler that you're drinking your green tea in, uh-huh. TJ, and just pour it down the drain. It's I, too much. Oh, I already drank it. Oh, by, my goodness. By drain, do you mean my throat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already took it. Well, that's why I'm calling you, Mom, because you know... You, yeah, know, you, you better be careful with that. I'm telling you. This was Camera Guy Josh's fault because he told me about green <laughs> no. tea. No, it's not his fault. It's, you got to take responsibility for what you put in Talk your mouth. Talk to my mom, Josh. No, no, this is your fault. I don't drink 40 ounces <laughs> within like 15 minutes of it. You know what? You did this to my mom's son, okay? It's just your fault. <laughs> if I knew it was this good. I mean, this is an acceptable drug that people seem to like in our society. Yeah, and I, well. I understand why. Like, what? So I went to the coffee shop and I overdid it with the green tea. It was unexpected, but I kind of like it. Yeah. yeah, well, you better forget it. Jabo, my mom has instructed me to forget it. Could you knee me in the stomach so that it just takes, <laughs> just give me, because no. I think that's the best way to get it out. No. And then I'll, I'll never forget that. You just have to quit. Uh, Josh, you drink yeah, you green tea. You better knock it off because you know why, TJ? You, you have a wife and kids. You, you don't do stupid things and drink right, 40 TJ. ounces of caffeine. So wait a minute. Are you saying to me, are you having like a intervention conversation about my green tea habit? Yeah. I, I <laughs> mean, you my- know. You, you filled the whole Stanley Cup thing with 40 <laughs> ounces of green tea. I mean, that's ridiculous. Okay. Well, it's Better been, not do it anymore. It's been uplifting catching up with you, Mom. I knew you would love it. My yeah, mom loves when something goes wrong. And so, no. Uh, <laughs> I just cons- I don't, I don't want anything to happen to you. Yeah, no, just a concern, Mom, TJ. Of course. How's everything else going other than me? Fine. Okay, good. <laughs> well. You know what, Mom? Can you hang on for a couple more minutes? Sure. My wife, Chess, told me that she, my mom started telling my wife, well, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. We'll get to this. It's coming up on the TJ show. What did I say? Trust me. We're going to get into it. (laughs) This is the TJ show. A few moments ago, I had my mom on the phone 
And she was very nervous because I overdid it with caffeine. Also, you don't think of green tea having caffeine, but when you look it up, if you wonder why I'm talking so fast, it's because I have That's caffeine charging through my veins. But I, I wanted to keep my mom on for a few moments because she got alone with my wife, Jess, and she loves to tell my wife everything that's wrong with me. And then my wife reports back to me all the things she learned about me. I'm like, how did you learn about that? <laughs> hey, mom, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> what, what is this? Like, can you prepare me the next time you're going to tell Jess a bunch of things that you thought were weird about me when I was a kid? What did I tell? I don't know what I even told. I think, I think you told her that when I was a kid, I was bored with school. And so I just went to the back of the room and laid down in the back of the classroom and just looked at the ceiling. <laughs> well, that's true. You were a menace, man. I've heard other so, things too about you, TJ. No, you were, I mean, it was like first grade. Yeah. They and just I, said you weren't paying attention. Yeah, I, I decided to take myself to the back of the room and lie on the ground and look at the ceiling. And the, the teacher called my mom and said they were very concerned about my behavior. And then, you know, I mean, that's a little embarrassing, right? She goes and tells my wife that she was excited to tell her about what was wrong. I wasn't excited. We were just having a conversation. <laughs> and then what else did you tell her about me recently? You know, you can just say it. What? What did I say? Dad, uh, I've always been very affectionate. No, we were talking about how, you know, how guys are raised or whatever. And yeah. You you are more affectionate. You just I don't me. know if you're affectionate. You're just like a little more clingy when you were little. <laughs> and so she's reporting to my wife that I I was so clingy as a kid. And now, you know, I have some clingy tendencies. <laughs> but, you know, like, I don't want my wife to see me as clingy. I don't want to be relabeled as a clingy person, J-Bo. Well, TJ, you're always talking about how you can't do without your wife Jess yeah. and when she goes away you miss her and when she's not home at a certain time you miss her your wife Jess did not need your her mother-in-law your mother to tell her you were clinging your wife Jess knows so you think they're just comparing notes yes well I don't like I, I want my mom to be endorsing me in a way that makes my wife feel more excited about being around me and now well, I got your wife lives with you right. she doesn't know you by now I, I mean give me a break but uh, you know I like hanging out with Jess mom that's fine. That's and what it should be. I don't want to be. I, I, I didn't say it as like a negative thing. It's a good thing. Is clingy ever good, Jabo? When somebody's well, clingy, when they're right, annoying, yes. But if you don't, if your wife just doesn't find you annoying, then <laughs> the clinging is fine. Mom, can you do me a favor and make me sound cool? I know I wasn't cool when I was a little kid, but make me sound cool when you it talk to my cool. wife. All right. Well, hold on a yeah, second. I, I remember uh, a few weeks back, I was I came over, I went over to TJ's house to decorate cookies with his daughters, and his wife told me a story about the time TJ, when you were a child, and you were like hanging from chandeliers. Oh, stop! He he did. He pulled the kitchen chandelier out. Dude, of the that is cool. You no, were no, cool. That is no, cool. No, first of all, my mom thinks I did that to be a tormentor on the house but I watched Indiana Jones which you let me watch <laughs> and I saw Indy swing from his whip across two rocks and I was like oh I could do that on the chandelier again, above the table cool it was yeah, cool okay. yeah. thank you Jabo. you yes, were Kenny. clinging to the chandelier <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes well exactly. I thought it was cool well mom listen it's fine I, I'm still with Jess and everything's going great I know this is the All TJ right. show there's my mom love you T love you too I was sitting down for dinner with my family last night, 
and I looked to my left and I saw this beautiful gift that our producer Heather gave me when she went and visited New Orleans. New Orleans, <laughs> yeah, New Orleans. And it's a hot sauce labeled Blowtorch oh, hot sauce, and it's got an alligator <laughs> with a hot sauce backpack on it <laughs> with a blowtorch connected to it. It's one of the greatest labels I've ever seen. And my wife made this beautiful Italian dinner with nice pasta sauce, and I took your sauce and I poured it into her sauce. Your wife must have been offended. Unwarranted offense. She looked at me and said, are you kidding me? I said, what do you mean am I kidding you? How is that a joke? This is an amazing spice. It doesn't change that it's your sauce that you made. You just like your sauce without spice. And so I dribbled it in. And I will tell you, you made dinner so much better last night, Heather. You're welcome. I mean, oh, I, I, tell, tell Jess I said you're welcome. <laughs> no, I love my wife's cooking. You guys know I talk about it all the time. But my wife and I, one thing we disagree on is spice. And you put some spice into my life. That's what I'm here Thank to do. You, Your house going to be on fire when you get home. There's going to be a whole lot of spice waiting for you when you get home today, TJ. You know, the key is when you get these ridiculously hot sauces, the ones with ghost peppers in it, the ones that have these weapons yeah. in them, you just got to add a couple drops to whatever you're eating. It makes everything better every time. So you made my night, Heather, in the most innocent way possible. I do what I can. <laughs> Thank you very much. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> Jabo, what's happening in your world today? I was driving around town yesterday and I came to a light. And there was a couple on the corner just embracing and kissing and talking to Aww. each other. That was me. It wasn't you. <laughs> nah, it could have been you. And I just was so fascinated by them. I just kept staring at them. I knew it probably felt creepy, but they didn't notice me. Mm. Just like they didn't notice the guy selling kebabs out of a, a food truck on the corner. And another guy walking by walking their dog. Like, they were oblivious to the world around wow, them. And that's I was beautiful. like... They must have just started dating because after a couple months, that goes away. What kind of bush were you hiding in? Uh, I was in my car. You're in your car. Okay. Yeah. All right, right, right. Okay. Got it. Yes, producer Kenny. So, Jabo, when we go to dinner at TJ's house tomorrow night, you're okay with me and Allison making out the whole time? Oh, yeah, because my husband Archie and I will be making out too. Oh, my. Wait a minute. That was not the plan for this party. Oh, well, we're having it is a, now. We're having a dinner at my home, and I want everyone to be on their best behavior. <laughs> I think I feel a cold coming out. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you kissed your husband, Louis? Oh, uh, probably yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say a year ago. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay, that's good. Oh, good no. We kiss. Okay, great. <laughs> Producer Heather. Yes. I don't know what happened here. I was... <laughs> Started as a very innocent. If you feel moment. awkward, it's okay. So do I. What uh, What is happening in your world today? Uh, well, I was at the gym yesterday, and I found myself in a competition with this older lady that she didn't know she was in. She was on the treadmill next to me, and she was running, and I was walking. So I was like, I can't let this woman beat me. So then I started upping my, you know, speed, and then she upped her speed, then I upped my speed, and it was just I almost fell off the treadmill. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, so. You, she did realize you were in competition with her eventually, or you guys no. never talked about it. No, we never talked about no, it I, okay. I, because she was winning. I couldn't, you know, she confront knew. her about it. She, yeah, she won, didn't she? Oh, she won yeah. for sure. <laughs> treadmill races. We should do a treadmill battle here on the show. I love that idea. Yeah, I'd love to be a judge for that. Not why I brought it up, but okay. The only risk is if you trip on a treadmill, it gets ugly. So yeah. now, not saying that's a bad thing. If we're filming it, then oh. that's actually the best case scenario. Right? Content, you know. All right, we're gonna work on this. The other day we were talking about, as a parent, asking for help raising your kids. There's even coaches that are getting up to $3,500, maybe more, 
for like 12 coaching sessions. Mm -hmm. And Jabo, you brought this article to my attention. There was a study that was done by one poll. They polled a bunch of adults and they found out that the average adult finally feels comfortable asking for help when they turn. Well, what age do you think it is? Kenny? 40? Jabo? I would say, I'm going to go based on my experience. I would say probably in my 30s. 30s. 35. Okay. 27, when people start feeling a little bit more comfortable asking okay. for help, according to this study, people between the ages of 25 and 34 are most likely to reach out to others when they need help, while those over 65 prefer to still do it alone. Most uncomfortable subjects to ask for help with, relationships are the top one, 37%. Next in line, finances at 33% of people That's tough. saying that. And then health at 29%. Hmm. I noticed when I started asking for help with all of those things, in each department there, when I finally asked for help, it changed my life. Like quite literally. With my health, I hired a nutritionist and I hired mm-hmm. someone to help me work out just for a period of time. And it's not like I was making tons of money. I put money aside and I budgeted to get people to say, what am I doing wrong? And it changed my life. Then with finances, I asked for help and someone connected me with someone who knows like, yeah, you probably shouldn't go out to dinner that many times a week. Changed my life. And it seems so obvious, right? And then relationships, I had to ask for help. Yes. I didn't know how to text girls back properly. They all (laughs) stopped texting me back. You had to learn how to talk to girls, huh, TJ? Yes, I had no idea. It's a serious problem. We live in this world where we really don't have to figure it out on our own if we don't want to. Right. But I think that we're also told like you have to do it yourself and be self-made. But the thing is, is that you can get information from all these different people who have experiences and shorten the amount of time it would take you to learn something. Yeah. Instead of it taking you 10 years, it can take you a year or two years. Totally. The narrative and the social media videos with people who are bragging, oh, I did this all on my own. First of all, they're lying. Lying. It's pride. It's just like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it all on my own. Well, good luck with that. I don't think anyone's ever done that ever. No, no one's ever done it all on their own. And if people are like, yes, I did. I did it all on my own. I started my own business. It took off by myself. Well, you needed clients to do that. You needed somebody to give you favor, to give you that loan for that business. Like, you didn't do it all on your own. So this study goes on to say that people are happier reaching out for assistance with work, their careers, education, but much more so when they're younger rather than, you know, as they get older, it gets harder and harder to ask for Mm. help. And, you know, what's interesting is as I get older and older, I realize as I learn more things, I need way more help than I thought in the first place. I'm the same (laughs) way. I'm like, help me, please, please help me. And sometimes I like to figure things out on my own just to allow my brain to like work. But if I can't figure it out, I'll ask for help. There's more to this study. It says those who don't ask for help, people often fear what others will think and that maybe people will think they can't do the job. And what's also interesting is that more than a third of people have later regretted not asking for help in a workplace situation because it caused the mistake to take place. And then one last stat, which I think is awesome, 47% of people who were polled in this one poll study, believe their business would have gotten off the ground even quicker had they just asked for more help in earlier days. Mm -hmm. And all those thoughts are valid and common. Like, you're going to feel like, what are they going to think about me? And I I felt that. And then sometimes you just have to push through it and be like, I'm still going to ask for help. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Jabo, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I love studies like this. And Kenny hit the streets and took a little bit of a different approach and said, are you okay with accepting help? It's a whole different dimension to the help question. How do you feel about accepting help? I grow good. I accept help when it's possible. 
Yeah, like, so if you were struggling with your groceries and some mm-hmm. good Samaritan said, hey, can I help you with that? Yes. You'd have no problem saying, no yes, problem. thank you. Yeah. Is it weird that I, for some reason, struggle accepting help? Well, it all depends, like, because it's because of safety issues sometimes, you know, um, but if you're struck, some people struggle because of their pride. How do you feel about receiving help? Like if somebody offered to carry your groceries. Depends what kind of help. Like that help, I'm good with that. I don't need help. Hmm. See, I would love it if somebody came up to me and said, hey, you want me to carry this? Yeah, sure. Take all of it, please. As long as you don't run away with them. That was very expensive. (laughs) Well, the other day I was walking up to my apartment with, you know, several bags of groceries and some nice guy said, hey, can I help you with that? He saw I was struggling. I was like, no, no, no. I make it a game. You know, I I try to get to my apartment no matter what. I got to make it in one trip, you know, but yeah. What's your problem? I had a hard time accepting help from that. Pride? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. You yeah, got, you got I, a lot of pride. I guess so. You really want to impress them that you can hold all the groceries. I, I would rather there was no one in the hallway to see me struggling, and I could have just brought it up. But yeah. is it that you don't want to inconvenience other people, or you think you can do it all on your own? Yeah, I think I could do it all on my own. So yeah, I guess it's pride. <laughs> all right, well, let's see how that works out for Kenny in his life. <laughs> how do you feel about accepting help? Depending on where I was and who was asking. We're at Home Depot. Okay. And you're carrying some stuff out of the store. I see that you're struggling. Mm. And I say, excuse me, miss, can I help you with that? Sure, I'll let you help me. Oh, see, that's nice. Now, if I'm in Home Depot or Lowe's or any hardware store, they just know I need help the second I walk in the door. <laughs> you have a sign on your head. And I, there's no way I can say no, because I literally have no idea what I'm doing there. And I want to learn, and they're always willing to help. They're very helpful employees. They know right. a whole lot about what spray paint to buy. Yeah, it's, it's hard today, the world, because you don't know who to trust. Somebody mm-hmm. can try to help you and run off with your stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I just said before. But it's always good to ask for help every right? now and then. Yeah, you got to ask for help. I mean, I guess the reason why people would say I don't want any help is because they sense or maybe they read the situation and say, oh, that person might want something in return for helping me Mm. out. So maybe I can just do it myself. That's a good thought. Yes. Yeah, well, there is a lot of that, right? You ask for help and then, uh, hmm, when when are they going to hit me back? Mm -hmm. One thing I've learned when I ask for help is I, I save time and energy. And then I have time and energy to do other things. So I love it. I ask for help. So how do you feel if someone approaches you in the parking lot and says, hi, would you like me to carry your groceries for you? What do you do? I'd be like, yeah, please. Cool, you'll take it. (laughs) Yes. See, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I think it also depends on the situation, right? Like, is it late at night and you're going into my apartment building? Probably not. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I might be a little concerned for my safety then. I have taken the elevator to my apartment, so maybe you just leave me at the elevator. It all depends on the situation, but you can right. help me carry my bags inside for sure. You know, uh, I dropped off, when you weren't feeling well, I dropped off some food for you, yeah. and I, I dropped it off in your lower level, mm-hmm. and it was pretty cool being, I really appreciated being where you live and talking to the people that you're around. <laughs> I was scoping it out, <laughs> and I was going to ask for help finding the AC duct that goes into your apartment so I could pop That's through creepy. and say, hi, just kidding. All right, got to go, and then slide back down. It's all about the person. You got yeah. to be careful. Yeah, that's right. I want to throw this at you guys. You probably know all about this already. So there's a little controversy in the NFL. I saw this story about this ref named Sean Smith. All right. Now, people are theorizing that the NFL really wants the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl because Taylor Factor. Yeah. Right? That just because she's assumed to be in the crowd, that would be hilarious if she didn't show up as a side note. (laughs) She has plans. Right. I think that'd be the coolest move. But 
they're saying the NFL and they, I don't know who they are, but just the general conspiracy, whatever, is saying that it's in the NFL's best interest to get the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. So this is fascinating. There's a ref named Sean Smith. Yeah, Sean Smith. And he has, if you look through his stats, it seems like he favors away teams. And there have been sports people who have dug through the different games, and apparently he'll make wild calls on the home team. And there's a lot of controversy around this guy, which indeed, if that was the case, would favor the Chiefs. Sure. So the statistic is home teams have won only 40.8% of games in the last three years with Smith as the referee. That's the lowest win rate for any referee in the NFL. Across the NFL, home teams have won 55.4% of games during that span. With Smith, the rate drops down to 40.8. Okay, where are you getting these these stats from? The NFL. Really? Yeah, this is statistics. They keep track of all of this stuff. So what do you think? Do you think the NFL wants certain teams? I guess they could have a preference, but I don't know that they would be stacking the deck. As someone the who's rooting for the Chiefs, the Chiefs don't need an assist. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> they're they're going to do fine on their own. They don't need an assist from the NFL. You know, we just uh, our show just started in the Baltimore area, and okay. uh, that's a pretty bold <clears throat> statement you're making. So let me say it again. As a Chiefs fan, <laughs> no, no, stop they saying They don't it. need an assist. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, the Ravens are stacked. Uh, their atmosphere in Baltimore when they play, just by looking at the game last week, is electric. So it would be hard for any away team to come into the, that building and perform against this team that's got Lamar Jackson, a great running game, and a very strong defense. I mean, part of me wants the Ravens to win this one. Me too. Uh, right? You do too? Uh, yeah, I'm, okay. t- I'm so tired of the Chiefs. I know who my enemies are. Thank you, God, for revealing them to me. <laughs> no, I no. appreciate you, Lord. No, no, no. Yes. No, so. I... You know me. I just like... I just blow with the wind when it comes to the sports. The breakdown when it comes to this Sean Smith guy is he tends to call penalties on the home team more often than he calls penalties on the away team. So that seems to be why away teams seem to do so well when he's the referee. Why would a ref want to do that? Here you're operating at the very top level. Like, why? What's the reason? I, I can't speculate as to why this guy is the way he is. Just these are the statistics and what the speculation is. The NFL thinks that this guy has the referee gives the Chiefs the best chance of okay. upsetting the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. So it's all speculation. It's all controversy. Now I sort of want to tune in to see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because it should be a good game. How, would it, how, how wild would it be game. if there were some out-of-line calls? It would make you raise your eyebrows and go, uh, what's going on here? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, keep an eye out for the roughing the passer penalty and mm. who the, that gets called on more, whether it's the Chiefs or the Ravens. What is the theory that people are, are saying? What does the NFL want to happen? They want more people to watch the Super Bowl. No, but I'm saying what two teams? Well, I'm not sure about the two teams. It's just in this Taylor. particular case, it's the, they want the Chiefs <laughs> they want in. Taylor. Okay. I don't think they care who the Chiefs play against. This is what sports talk has turned into. Look, yeah. This is the TJ Show. This is the TJ Show. Our news, it sounds a whole lot different around here. Our producer, Kenny, he reads through every story he can find. And then he brings us the most interesting ones. Kenny, what's happening on this Thursday? If you're one of the lucky ones still paying $11.99 a month for Netflix's cheapest ad-free plan, it's going to be going away soon. Why? The streamer announced that it will soon be axing 
the $11.99 a month plan. First, it will be in Canada and the UK, and it's coming to the US by summertime. Why? I think because they want more money from you, TJ. Oh, so that low tier, there will be a higher lower tier. Yes. It's always about money, TJ. Mm-hmm. So at this point, the lowest ad-free plan will be $15.49 a month. Ugh. Wow. Now, from personal experience, and you guys know this, I signed up for Netflix a couple of months ago because the password sharing crackdown, the $11.99 tier wasn't even an option for me. Mm. So it appears that if you had the $11.99 a month plan, you were grandfathered in, but you will be grandfathered in no more in Canada and the UK first and in the US by July. Hey, well, looks like they're looking out for the people. (laughs) <laughs> oh no. my god. They're yeah, looking out for their right. bank account because yep. in other Netflix news, uh, the password sharing crackdown seems to have worked. Yahoo Finance is reporting that Netflix subscriptions have surged in the fourth quarter of 2023. Wow. And upon that announcement, their stock rose by 14% yesterday. Well, there's another testimony for great content that people love. Yeah. I know they stick with it, they love it, they want it to be a part of their lives. One thing I will say about Netflix, though, it appears like every other time I sign on, I get this pop-up window that says, hey, you can add another person to your account for $7.99 a month. Oh, yeah, thanks, so, guys. So, yeah, they're, they're reaching and grabbing <laughs> as much as they possibly they're can. They're all up in our pockets, man. What else do you have, Kenny? The Associated Press is reporting that Jon Stewart is coming back to The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Really? Yeah, interesting, right? Wait a minute. The last I heard, he had some whole thing where he was hosting his own internet show, and what what does that do now? Right. Uh, the problem with Jon Stewart on Apple TV Plus has been canceled. Again, according to this Why? report from the Associated Press, it may have been with the subject matter that Jon was trying to discuss on the show. Again, the... Abrupt end reportedly triggered due to crashes or clashes between Stewart and Apple over its coverage of stories around China and artificial intelligence. The Associated Press is saying that in their article? Again, well, wow. they're, they're saying reportedly triggered, so they're reporting what's been reported. So it's like Whoa, <laughs> a well, game the, of telephone. That's really interesting. <laughs> what does that mean? Again, if I'm going to speculate, iPhones and Apple products are made in China. Yep. And they're also developing artificial intelligence of their own. So a conflict of interest between the tech company that's now getting into the media business. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Apple's like, you're not going to mess with our money. Nope. All speculation. And I wonder if it'll be addressed on The Daily Show. That's a pretty huge accusation. Yeah, we'll see. Now, when it comes to Jon Stewart's role on The Daily Show, he'll only be the host on Monday nights. And that starts on February 12th. Hmm. He'll host Monday nights through the end of the 2024 election. He was also named executive producer. He'll serve in that role through the end of 2025. A spokesperson from Comedy Central says that in that role, he'll help shape the future of the show going forward. Isn't it interesting that in these times that we're in, the entertainment industry is gearing up for a political season. Yeah. They're actually investing in the entertainment surrounding the politics in our nation. Kenny, what else do you have? Variety is reporting Ryan Gosling released a statement after learning that he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for his role as Ken in the Barbie movie. To some degree, he was also nominated for Best Original Song as he performed I'm Just Ken in the movie, that song produced by Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt. The Barbie movie received eight nominations in total, but Gosling and many fans believe that Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig got snubbed not for not receiving nominations for Best Actress and Best Director, respectively. Hmm. How do you feel about that as Barbie fans, J-Bo and Kenny? 
Yeah, I think they deserve to be nominated. Mm-hmm. I'm I sorry. Agree. I'm yeah. sorry for your loss. I mean, he's nominated for Best Supporting Actor, but who, the person he's supporting isn't nominated. I find that to be funny. Yes, producer Heather. I think it kind of just proves the point of the entire movie. Like, the two women weren't nominated, but the man who was in the oh, movie you was. Because the whole movie something. was about feminism, patriarchy, all the whole thing. Just throwing it out there. It's my opinion. We asked for your opinion. Producer Heather wants a little more controversy on our program. <laughs> and, you know, you can have your opinion. And I still love you. And, you know, I don't. I haven't really thought about what you just said. <laughs> well, you have, also haven't watched a movie. My wife tells me I need to listen more. Am I part of the problem? Yeah. It is uh, important to note that Gerwig was nominated as a writer in the Best Adapted Screenplay category. America Ferrara was nominated for Best Supporting Actress, the statement from Gosling read that I am extremely honored to be nominated by my colleagues alongside such remarkable artists in a year of so many great films. And I never thought I'd be saying this, but I'm also incredibly honored and proud that it's for portraying a plastic doll named Ken. Mm. But he continues by saying, but there is no Ken without Barbie, and there is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie, the two people most responsible for this history-making, globally celebrated film. If we can prepare ourselves for controversy, that it's always coming, then these things don't hit us as hard. We just know <laughs> that there's going to be some controversy. We, we accept it, and then we move forward. I'm looking forward to the Oscars. Kenny, what else do you have? Talking heads in sports are a bit perplexed as to why more NFL teams aren't showing interest in bringing Bill Belichick on to be their new head coach. How do you know that there aren't teams who are interested in him? Because this kind of thing is reported in the news. Only the Atlanta Falcons have formally interviewed Bill Belichick so far. But maybe Bill is keeping it on the low. Maybe yeah. they're having like closed-door meetings. Yeah, I don't know if that's how it works in the NFL. I think just about they everything have to report is it? public knowledge really? when it comes to these things. Because there's tampering rules and mm. things that you can do and can't do when it comes to interviewing coaches and also trading and signing free agent players. Well, all I think about with the Falcons... And Belichick was that game, the what is it, the twenty-seven to three lead? Yeah, twenty-eight to three in the third quarter that turned into a thirty-four to twenty-eight defeat for the Falcons, a win for the Patriots. So credit to Falcons for for getting over that one. The reason I no longer need to see any football games is because I watched that game in its entirety. (laughs) I was living in Boston. I think my heart almost stopped while oh. I was watching the game. And I even spun around in a circle during that game when I saw Brady throw that. I'm like, are you kidding me? I am not a huge sports fan. That day I became one. And then I said, that was the greatest game that will ever be. And I never have to watch another one. And then you hung up your hat, right? Yeah. So I'm sure the Falcons are asking him about that day. Right. <laughs> right. How'd you do that? So there are seven teams in the NFL that had or still have an opening at head coach. Another thing I wanted to note, nobody's talking to Pete Carroll. I like Pete. Pete Carroll left the Seahawks at the end of the regular season. He hasn't been interviewed by anybody at this but point. But isn't Pete still involved with the Seahawks? Th- that like was, in their office? They said that they would keep him on as some kind of advisor they role. Like him. He's a nice guy. Yeah. He wants to coach still. What else do you have, Kenny? CNBC is reporting that the restaurant chain Chipotle is hoping to hire 19,000 new employees ahead of its busy season this spring. Well, here's a way they can do that. Offer a free cup of chicken with every job. Mm-mm, that free guac, because that's expensive. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Or, yeah, if they really want to get people working there, you go, mm-hmm. free cup of chicken next to, well, yeah, I'm just talking about one of those little cups of guacamole. Guacamole, yeah. Didn't people mix them together? And then Who? one chip. <laughs> yeah. You can eat it all in the one chip. Yes. 
I had always wondered if like when they used to have paper paychecks at establishments like that, if they do the guacamole trick where when they gave you your paycheck on Friday, it had guacamole in the envelope too. I just think that would be so much fun. But, <laughs> That's a horrible trick. Yeah, it's one of the... Okay, anyway. Well, what, they're so trying tell me about this. to attract younger workers and to do so because it's been difficult to hire and retain Gen Z talent. They're offering some new benefits. One I thought was interesting, giving employees six free sessions with a mental health professional. Take it. If you're getting it for free, my yeah. brother works for a company where they offer that. And he says it's great. It's a great benefit, yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm sure if you want more information, you can go to the website. Yeah, go to yeah. apply at chipotle.com or whatever. Beware, you might start salivating. But uh, that's why you use a napkin. You put it on your keyboard and then you go figure everything out. Katie, what else do you have? The Lancet Public Health Journal in the UK dug into some statistics and found that every year in school improved our life expectancy. Now, is it every year in school or is it just every year that we're learning and gathering new information? Ooh, doesn't get question, into DJ. the learning or gathering more information. Essentially, it's looking at mortality rates. They studied uh, statistics from the U.S. and the U.K., as well as Brazil and China. So they're looking at people, how long they lived and how long they went to school and trying to find a correlation now, between is this the two. Poll run by some college somewhere? No, this is the mm -hmm. Lancet Public Health Journal, which is a peer-reviewed mm -hmm. journal. Okay, it's interesting. I also would say if you're constantly learning and feeding your mind, whether it's in an institution or not, that's got to help. Did they do that part of it? <laughs> no. Tell no. them to get on that and figure As that one out. As someone who has student loans, I don't know if going to school for a long time <laughs> is good for your health. Right. Because, my goodness. Yeah, right. Student loan debt. Well, I was in school for 90 years. Right. And now, they said it was why good for my so, health. I'm so nervous. <laughs> well, essentially, the review found that every year in full-time education, a person's risk of mortality goes down by 2%. Wow. I want to know who's behind that one. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, it's the Lancet Public Health Journal. Mm -hmm. Who paid them? In the UK. Mm -hmm. It's a peer-reviewed mm -hmm. journal. Kenny, what else you have? A tourist visiting a state park in Arkansas made an incredible discovery Finding a 7.46 carat diamond. Fun. Yeah. Wish it was me. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to find this is a shiny thing on the ground, and you mm -hmm. think it's garbage, and then you're like, oh, it's not a piece of yes. glass. Well, he's it's from France, and he found the diamond while exploring the 37 and a half acre search area of the Crater of Diamond State Park earlier this month. So are there a lot of diamonds at that park? I feel like we've been hearing this come up more and more, where people find some big diamond and everyone's excited about it. What are they worth? Well, I'm not exactly sure how much this one is worth, but the diamond is the largest that's been discovered at the park since 2020 and the eighth largest registered at the park since 1972. Wow. Well, yeah, we got to find out how much that's worth. Think he, about it. He paid $13 to get into that park. I looked it up because I, I might want to go. <laughs> and now he has this big carrot. That's amazing. It's one way to invest, Jabo. <laughs> right? Seriously. Kenny, what else you have? An American scientist has sparked a transatlantic beef in the world of tea. Now, we don't need one of those. <laughs> so a Bryn Mawr College chemistry professor from the United States of America said one of the keys to a perfect cup of tea is a pinch of salt. Oh. And this sent people from Great Britain <laughs> absolutely wild. Uh -huh. Wow. Why would you want to put salt in what you're drinking? 
Well, what she says is that the salt, not enough to taste, makes the tea seem less bitter because the sodium ions in salt block the bitter receptors in our mouths. Mm. And so oh how goodness, did come on. the Brits respond? Again, they responded in, in <laughs> terrible fashion. Um, it really just, you know essentially calling out uh, Americans as coffee-swilling boars who yeah. make tea, if at all, in a microwave. I mean, right. I lived in England for four months, and they don't play about their tea. They do yeah. not play. They have. They literally, like, my girls and I, when we lived in the, dorm, in the dorm, every day at, like, 4 o'clock, it would be tea time, literally. We'd yeah. sit down and have tea and have conversations. They don't play. We have way more in common than they think. Listen, the reason why they love their tea is because it's got caffeine in it, right? Yeah. Mm, and we like caffeine. We like caffeine in our coffee. So mm-hmm. we prefer a bean. You like a leaf. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. We all like drinking something. So there was so much, you know drama about this thing that the U.S. Embassy in London had to make a statement about. <laughs> yeah, they better. They better uh, get that right. They said that they wanted to reassure the good people of the U.K. that the unthinkable notion of adding salt <laughs> to Britain's national drink is not the official United States policy. Man. Thank you for that, by the way. I agree. I like my tea just the way it is. I discovered Harney and Sons in London, okay. and I love it. But I prefer my coffee. They got to catch up with our coffee drinking. They'll love it too one day. <laughs> don't Kenny, start a revolution. We don't need another one of those. Thank you for keeping us somewhat informed. That's Kenny. what's happening. 